Welcome to the Reframing Eye Care podcast. Today's guest is Dr. Sally Mina, a Walmart sublease owner in Texas. And I would love to have the listeners uh, ask some questions about the Walmart sublease. And Dr. Mina would answer the questions um, at the bottom of this podcast today. So thank you, Dr. Mina, for coming on and sharing your story about Walmart. Thank you for having me. I'm super excited. Uh, Dr. Mina is uh, the founding optometrist for Motivize uh, Eye Care in Northeast Texas, grew up in Delaware, uh, attended um, the college Salis University um, and graduated in 2011. She completed her residency in Omni Eye, Special uh, Eye Specialists in Baltimore as primary care and co-management. And she's seen over 30,000 patients in her journey um, so far. So welcome to the podcast. I'm super happy to be here. Thank you for having this podcast. So tell us about your journey in optometry and what made you want to be an optometrist. How far do you want to go back? <laughs> um, so this literally goes back to when I was a little kiddo at five years old. I, I was told I had some sort of um, fall and I ended up needing surgery to correct estrabismus. And so my journey with eye care providers started at that age. And um, this was back in Egypt. So optometry doesn't really exist there. So my exposure was through ophthalmology. And I've always been fascinated by, I remember just as a little child, you know, wanting to play with the foropter and all the loose lenses and um, and then moving and immigrating to the U.S. at a young age and getting into college and realizing, you know, there's more than one path to eye care. Um, it was then a matter of deciding which industry and which profession is best suited for my life goals and optometry kind of fit that perfect balance of life and work and career um, with unlimited possibilities, essentially. So that's where we are today. Tell us a little bit how you took the leap to, to take a sublease and why you chose Walmart and and all that. Yeah. So, I mean, um, you know, starting from residency and getting exposure for on the medical side of optometry, um, I was, we all are, I think, uh, are trained in optometry school to kind of focus on private practice if that's the path you want to take. And on the East Coast, I kind of felt like there was a little bit of a attention between corporate and private practice. And I was sort of leaning in that direction. And then having worked, I've, I mean, I essentially have done every part of optometry at this point, you know, I've done ophthalmology, optometry, I've done just optometry, I've done nursing homes, I've done retail under a bigger corporation as an employed optometrist. I found that, you know, the best way for me to practice to the best way I believe is going to give the best patient care is to have my own practice. Um, and it was always the goal to do private practice. But then, you know, sort of reality hit in for me with um, going through life and from school to marriage to having children. Um, that path kind of just kept creeping away from me. And so when I came to Texas and found the laws as a two-door state, I found that nice balance between you know, private practice and corporate, where I can kind of manage my schedule the way I see fit and to give the best care that I can without someone kind of overlooking how I practice who is not a physician. So that's where that nice balance came in. And in terms of whether it was Walmart or another corporation or sublease um, situation, I found just the location was really great and the opportunity presented itself at just the perfect time. I mean, I believe in, in God and, and the higher power. So I think things kind of happened the way they were meant to happen. Um, and I'm in a place where I, I really enjoy the location. So that's yeah, where yeah. that came from. 
things usually happen for a reason. I, I believe in that as well. Um, give us give us some reason on on Walmart um, in general. I know you said any subjects, but how was it more appealing? Was it like base built in patient base? The equipment is, yeah. was it you know is it easy to work with Walmart? For me, I found that you know just talking to Walmart headquarters, it's just they're just easy and to work with and and responsive. You know, it's funny, now that I think back, I mean, during optometry school, I had never heard from any other corporation except Walmart. I mean, they are the ones who came out to the campuses and actually got to know the students a little bit and exposed us to that potential uh, path. So it's funny how that kind of loops back because I really didn't consider any other um, corporation. So, you know, Walmart, though, having been in it now, I realized they really are it, it, beautiful foot traffic, obviously. So, I mean, that works really nicely. What I was looking for is having an optical that will also work with me in terms of making sure that we are supporting each other um, within the laws. <laughs> and also at the same time, it's a, a well-established system, right? And so I think Walmart kind of fits that. And not only that, um, I mean, the equipment availability obviously is, is I think, it's pretty standard. But now that they are opening the door for future um, enhanced equipment and more advanced technology, um, I haven't heard that from other locations, in my knowledge anyway. Um, so that openness for future build out and knowing that Walmart is always growing, um, that's also a positive thing to look at um, from that perspective. And as you may have mentioned, I also have a Sam's location. So they, co you know, they work a little different, but they're both um, just really good systems. And I found that they're always there to support. I haven't had any issues of um, um, tension or anything like that. I mean, from the the managers in the opticals to the optometric side of, of you know, the liaisons of Walmart to the optometrists, they've been fantastic in meeting all of my requests. Yeah, you know, over the years, I did a, a poll in, in, in my Facebook group and corporate optometry and you know, found that Walmart's Sam's Club um, allows multiple subleases for female uh, owners, which is great. Uh, it was it was a DEI it was a DEI thing before DEI thing was a thing, you know. Mm -hmm. And that was great that you know females are able to expand to multiple subleases if that's what they want within Walmart. Um, and Walmart, you know, promotes it. wants wants you to to be successful. wants you to be more involved. Give us some advice that you would give to an OD considering sublease, because some of doctors get a little nervous going from employed to sublease. Um, I honestly think the best thing you can consider is the freedom that this will allow you to do without the significant overhead. I mean, you can make it whatever you want to make it, obviously, depending on the state and the laws. Um, but within Texas, you know, and, and any similar state of two doors, I think it allows you the freedom to do whatever you want to do with the practice with the same opportunities you get from that are unique for a corporate setting like this or a retail setting like this. Um, I mean, it's fantastic when you know you can step outside and your patient base is right there in a the store. You know, it's really um, up to you how you uh, obtain those patients to the practice and um, balancing your life and, and this type of setting, I think, is much more doable. Um, than a potentially like a private practice, especially like a cold start. That's a, a huge commitment, not to say that corporate is not, but it still allows you a little bit of leeway as to how quickly you want to build it and um, what's the, the demand on your personal finances going into it. So leap you, into it. I mean, I think it's a great opportunity. Yeah. Can you tell us how you balance the two subleases, you know, having a family 
And how did you learn, you know, all the business aspects of, of optometry? I know Walmart gives a lot of information too, but you still got to, you still got to learn. Yeah, I'm still learning a lot. I mean, um, I started the lease back at the end of 2019. So right before the pandemic hit, which was in a way a good opportunity to, to make mistakes at a slower pace and to learn everything. And that's the philosophy I wanted to take is I wanted to know every part of the practice on my own before training someone else to do it because you're the owner. You need to know every aspect of it. Um, and obviously having a great support system is a, a huge part of this. I couldn't do this without the support of my husband. But at the same time, there is a, a wonderful community of doctors who are there to teach you. I definitely have leaned on my mentors and previous colleagues I had worked with. I had filled in a lot as a young graduate with other um, Walmart lease doctors. Um, so I literally made those phone calls and I asked, what advice do you have? That's how I started this journey. Um, balancing it you know, there is always going to be a compromise somewhere. So it's a matter of finding out what it is that I can compromise on because we have 24 hours of the day, which is still a lot. And I don't like the excuse that we don't have time, but it's a matter of knowing I'm going to give 100% to this. I'm going to get 80% to this. And where are my priorities? What can I put on hold for now? Um, because it's unrealistic to say it's going to be 100% for every aspect of our life as working professional women, uh, whether married, unmarried with children or not. So just knowing what I can give a little pause on and what can I push forward and is the best way to I've learned to make this work. Now, you talked about mentors being a big help uh, along your journey. And, you know, for over the years, for me, I found a lot of female colleagues that have been super supportive. I feel females in the industry for the commodity has been very important. Can you give us a little bit of, you know, your experience on that and and, yeah. and how, you know, you know, the, the power of females in numbers really makes a difference? Yes. Um, I mean, a big shout out to all my male mentors. <laughs> I will say that. But at the same time, there is a different understanding from someone who lives the same or similar life to you, um, who understands how to approach optometry from that perspective. So um, I will say um, one of my biggest blessings right now is to be part of Optometry Divas. And Dr. Loretta Justin, the founder, has been amazing at just opening uh, my eyes to opportunities and also being a support of an experienced female physician who is doing fantastic things in Florida um, in her private practice and of course with this organization. And with that, I've met so many wonderful optometrists, female optometrists who are so successful but are not hiding their secrets. You know what I mean? It's one of those things like if I win, you win. If we all win, the you know the the patients win, and that's the whole point of being an optometrist or any physician, of course, um, is to just help people see better and have a great experience. So um, that is, I think, very unique to optometry. You know, which the camaraderie, but then within the female part of optometry, there's just this understanding and willingness to help um, with no, uh, you know necessarily giving back um, unless you want to, which we do, right? It's sort of an underlying message of I give you, you give forward and just kind of pass it on to future generations. It's been beautiful. Um, and even within different industry partners and, and their commitment to helping female optometrists, even within that, finding that camaraderie um, and to help uh, us succeed, whether in patient care or even just getting the word out about optometry and patient care. So, um, I haven't had any, I've had wonderful experience, I should say, through the female side of optometry, including you. I mean, you've guided me in the beginning of this journey into the leasing. I couldn't, 
I couldn't get that information from anyone, you know, um, that had this specific path. And so thank you. I, I owe you a lot for all the information you shared so freely. You've opened my eyes to different partners and getting my practice started. So I really appreciate that. Oh, you're welcome. You know, again, it's giving back what I what, usually what you give is what you get back. And again, I wish I wish I wish I had someone to help me. And why not help each other get better and and expand, you know, females in the industry to ownership and and, and all that. So, again, yeah. thank you for the kind words. It uh, means a lot. Um, you know, females in the industry like optometry divas is important, but you've been involved with J&J &J diversity panel as well. Tell us a little bit about that and 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 how you got involved and. And, and just give us some advice that you would have for young females in the industry. Um, you know, we all are in this world now where you see everybody on social media. And sometimes I'm sure in our, our private space say, how are they doing this? You know, how are they getting names, their name out there and becoming parts of these wonderful programs? And for me, it was just because my wonderful rep, um, <laughs> Priscilla O'Brien, she said, you know, I see Dr. Mina is very passionate about helping uh, female optometrists, so she would be a good fit for this. Um, it's not something that I necessarily sought out, but always hoped for in order to kind of contribute in any small way that I can. And so that's how I got involved with J&J &J because it's a wonderful um, you know, company and they have supported optometry divas as well. But it's about getting to know each other and knowing what our values are. That's what stood out to her. And that's where me and her kind of get along so well on. We have these similar um, perspectives and and having been on the panel now, you know, seeing what wonderful things J&J &J is doing um, for females and for diversity within optometry, it allowed me to see, and it was so beautiful, um, Maria, it was seeing different generations of opt female optometrists all in one room from different backgrounds, different experiences, different phases of life. Some were um, in the industry by being opticians and became optometrists, you know, doctor owners. And it was just so beautiful to see all these women come together with common ground of um, just helping each other. And, you know, their motto for that day was for mentors to find mentees and vice versa. Um, so that was the mission is to connect people to be um, uh colleagues, but also to promote each other, which is also what Optometry Divas is about, is about connecting and promoting uh, female optometrists from all walks of life in all different parts of the country and abroad. So um, I'm very grateful for that opportunity. Yeah, I, I had experience with uh, Dr. Justin, very uplifting, exciting, inspiring person, what she does, you know, inspired me to really you know, do some of these podcasts, amazing females in optometry and things like that and, and helping others. Um, and, and I read in articles and women in optometry, cause I've experienced some of these things. And, you know, I came up with the concept like, you know, your mentor is good, but a sponsor is better, right? But you need someone that might be in a higher position that can really op push open the doors for you. And yeah. I was writing this article and, 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 and again, there's a leadership gap and, and it really clicked. And I go, I have the opportunity to help a lot of young females get started, you know, and, and open a door um, to get them started. So it really inspired me uh, over the years as I've kind of gone through my journey. And it's really fulfilling to help others because you, you get a lot out of it, too. Yeah. And it's, it's been great to see, you know, you know, females be successful business owners and take on something and, and take on that risk as well. What advice would you have for young females in the industry? Thank you. <laughs> um, you know, I thought about this a lot 
and just looking back at my personal journey through optometry, which is obviously still continuing and I'm learning so much and there's so much that can be done. I recognize that I think the biggest advice I would give now is make sure you don't compare yourself to anyone else. Genuinely going into optometry for your specific passion. And as long as you're being true to yourself and your mission as what you want to provide for humanity around you as a physician, um, that is going to open the doors for you. <clears throat> I think, you know, putting on it is such a pressure world right now to just be out there and to find, you know, followers and to be an influencer. And um, it can be very, 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 very overwhelming, especially because now it's so well done by so many people. Um, it's hard to find where do we fit in as individuals. And I found the most calming way to do this is to just be you, to go on your day-to-day, -day, being the best person that you can be and the best physician you can be, growing your practice, um, however, in whatever way that is, that will open the doors for you. I mean, like I said, we are all looking out for others who share the same um, perspectives, who have a voice, who want to say something. And just like you opened the door for me on this podcast, just like Optometry Divas has allowed me to be an ambassador and J&J, &J, all these things happen because of what I believe in personally, and it just kind of opened the doors. So take away the pressure, just be the best you can be, and doors will open. That's correct. Just be you. It's, you know, you don't have to copy anyone else. Just be you. And, I, you know, you're your road, your, you know, your path is going to be a lot different than anyone else. My path was different. Some are a lot faster than others. And I always say for competition, I just look in the mirror. I'm like, only competition. I'm not, I'm not going to react because my competitors do one thing. I'm going to do what I do and what I do best and what I think. And I trust in, in my process, you got to trust in your confidence and you're going to make mistakes and that's okay. You know, yeah. and, and, and some people want to be influencers. They want to do this. Some people want to be thought leaders. Some people just want to make a difference. It just depends what you want to do. You don't have to do that. And again, it can be corporate practice, private practice, employed, whatever the case is, you just find what you want to do and, and you'll be successful and you'll be happy. You, there's so much of you can do in optometry yeah. and there's, there's a lot of support out there um, within corporations and from female um, optometrists and optical people in the industry as well, females. Um, and I think that's been the like, superpower for us. Um, and, and been very uh, helpful for me over the years, like the power of females in the industry. It is it is real. Take advantage of it. Yes. Find a mentor, find a sponsor. Some people might not want to do it and that's fine. You know, just keep moving on. Find who you want to be mm -hmm. and, and ask them for, you know, advice. Talk to them on the phone. Take them out for dinner. Um, just meet them with them in conferences. It's it's important and it's a learning process. The journey is a pro learning process. I've been out 16 years, still learning and it just never stops, right? Whether it's business, um, you know, eye care, healthcare, it's, it's there. So I think the worst thing we can do is just feel overwhelmed and allow that to sh sort of shut the doors on our own selves um, and recognizing that we are each individually and perfectly made the way we are supposed to be is really going to guide you to just put yourself out there and rejection is part of it. Rejection is good. If you don't get rejected, that means you're not doing anything. Um, so go get rejected. <laughs> you know, it's okay. Oh, right. I mean, I've been rejected so many times. I'm like, what's one more time? And then sometimes you, sometimes you roll the dice and it comes out good and, and you have a bunch. So over the year, like when I have a bunch of rejection, you just take a break and you just get back up at it. So 
Yeah. The next time just can't get any worse. So <laughs> that's right. And just it strengthens you every time. So that's a good thing. Well, thank you so much, Dr. Mina, for coming on the podcast and, sh and sharing your insights on females in the industry, Walmart sublease and your story. I hope it inspires others to, you know, follow their dreams and what they want to do. And, and that they got some great advice from this podcast. Thank you for having me. And please keep doing what you're doing. And we all really appreciate it. Thank you.